This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Bringing you a common sense and fresh perspective to creating a just society. This is Common Sense on Social Justice. You'll get equipped with the tools you need to carry out social justice right where you are. Now, here's the host of Common Sense on Social Justice, Michael Davis. And welcome back. Thank you for joining us. Uh, We're talking about employment justice, and this is a continuation of a conversation we were having previously. Uh, I've got our guest, Father Jack Mossbrooker, who works very heavily for the rights of workers. And as he explained, he grew up in a union home, and that allowed uh, for his uh, family to have a middle-class life. Uh, which is a good thing. Uh, St. Francis's prayer was that, Lord, help me to not make so much that I forget about you, but to not make so little that I'm tempted to steal. So, <laughs> yeah, middle class is what he was getting right. at there. Uh, but we were talking in the last episode about some general things around wages, benefits, uh, and around uh, like uh, abusive employers or versus good employers, uh, all those things. And I want to pick up that conversation with a look at the workplace itself. So Father Jack, welcome back. Thank you, Mike. Appreciate it. Yes. Uh, Boy, the things you shared in the last episode really intrigued me, and I want to get now more into the workplace itself. You, You show up at work, and you're not showing up randomly to do some random job, but there's a whole environment around you uh, at that place. And I know some days that environment feels really positive. Some days you just can't wait to clock out because of whatever reason. But unfortunately, there's many people who go into a, a, an environment every day that's just uh, kills the human soul. So what have you run into with that? Well, you're absolutely right. And, you know, there's some there's some underlying issues that we tend to forget about in, in a workplace. And we, we don't forget about them because we experience them all the time, but we don't talk enough about them. Mm-hmm. And one of those is power. Mm-hmm. You know, who has the power in the workplace? Oh, yes. uh-huh. uh, as a worker, do I have to simply give in all the time? Uh, do I have any power or agency to to do something to make some changes yeah and improve my my lot here mm-hmm. uh, that's certainly one thing another thing is that uh, you know the competition that goes on in uh, workplaces sometimes mm-hmm. and what I mean by that competition oh, is yes. <laughs> somebody wants to get ahead and they, they don't the t- sense of teamwork isn't there yes and so that that kind of bogs down the relationships and, and actually the work and, and bogs down the morale. But so the, the, uh, the human interaction is so important in the workplace. Yes. And, uh, and you know, we know the, we know the problems in the workplace and we see them all the time in the paper. Uh, but I think that that not only that human interaction, but, but that 
that sense that the worker has of being valued. Yeah. That is so important. And if they're not valued, they can just, they could say, well, I can go any place, you know, this doesn't make any difference or what difference does it make what I do, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, uh, don't get, can, uh, not take pride in their work. Right. And, and I don't care what the work is. It, mm-hmm. we, we all need some pride in what we do. Yes. Yeah, let's take, for example, somebody who who enjoys what they do, but they don't enjoy where they work, and they're not being heard. What can they do to be heard? Well, it all, of course, all depends on what kind of relationship there is between the workers and the uh, the management. Mm -hmm. If they have a union, usually there's some way to, for the union to speak for them, or some, if they have a real problem, some way of arbitrating that issue, that problem, even arbitrating a, 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 a bad manager. So that's, uh, that, that again, um, gets back to that fundamental issue of power. If the worker has no power, then there's not much they can do. Yeah. You know, and, and, but if they have at least some power, which, the, which is what the union gives them mm-hmm. oftentimes, then, and they, or if they have an enlightened uh, owner or manager, Mm-hmm. then they can uh, oftentimes get something solved. Yeah. But that's, uh, you know, it's it's just kind of the luck of the draw. Right. I think one of the things that hurts a lot of managers is is managers who have never really done the work at the bottom. I think some of the best managers are the ones that started out at the bottom, work their way up, because they at least have a clue what people are doing and dealing with. Yeah. That, that makes a lot of sense. Yes. And there are just some managers who like people. Right. You know, which is good. And some managers see their position and they're not work they're not just working for the company. They're also caring about the workers. Mm-hmm. That makes a difference. Yes. I, I remember one uh supervisor had I always had to laugh at him because he would Literally, as he's practically running past me, give me something to do. Don't forget to do this thing. And I would say, I'm doing great, too. So how are you doing? <laughs> you know, I just would like, why don't you slow down a little bit and see me, you know? So, uh, but he wasn't a difficult supervisor, but that was one of his his things I always had to laugh at. But, you know, there are supervisors that just come across as as uh, as a jerk, really. they don't care. <laughs> sure, I had an experience when I first graduated from college. I was working for Boeing, who hired lots of people, lots yeah. of engineers right. and whatnot. And I just didn't have anything to do. I talked to my immediate supervisor, didn't have anything to do. And this gal walked by my desk one day and stopped, said hello to me or something. And the man, the head manager, came out and said, "I don't want you fooling around with those women anymore." So I so said, what the heck is going on here? <laughs> so uh, my immediate manager or supervisor apparently talked to him. So the manager who was above him, who, who chewed me out, called me in. And he said, I want to apologize to you, <laughs> which I thought was great. Yeah. You know? I mean, he made a mistake and is willing to admit well, it. Well, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. Now let's look at, at paint a picture here. What are some essentials that you see are necessary to adjust workplace environmentally wise? Environmentally? Yeah. Well, I think, um, 
obviously clean and neat place yeah. is really important. Mm-hmm. And also, and attitudes, you know, if uh, if the, uh, the the owner or managers feel that, or can they can set up a situation in which they know, they, they can ex- communicate to the worker that they're important mm-hmm. and valuable. I think that's so that's so important. Mm-hmm. And if they can set up the situations for so that the worker can actually take part in making his work better or improving it some mm-hmm. way, that's important, I think, environmentally. If if there's kind of this underlying conflict between the worker and the manager, the manager's always kind of, come on, get this done, go on, do that. <laughs> yeah. you know, it, it, without ever any praise, I think it's degrading yes. to, the, to the worker. Yes, exactly. Now, when we were meeting together and preparing for these podcasts, you had mentioned... Uh, predictability in the workplace. I know you kind of touched on the last episode, but what does that mean? Predictability in the workplace? Predictability. I think it, I think it means a lot. I think it means a variety of things. Predictability, certainly in time, time when you will be called on to work time, how long you work, Mm -hmm. you know? So that's, that's one predictability about, um, what, what you will have, like at the end of the year, you can look back and you can say, "Well, I got my raise, I got, uh, I got my benefits, I got this, I got that, mm-hmm. uh, I got my vacation time when I asked for it." So there's that kind of predictability okay. in that, and predictability about people. We're not going to arbitrarily change your job or your job description without <laughs> some kind of you know interaction with you. Uh, so that kind of so the predictability around that also is important, mm-hmm. and we're not going to cut your salary. Mm-hmm. You know, so that that predictability. So those are the kinds of things I think about. That the worker, mm-hmm. when he goes to work, he knows or she knows that this is it's going to be today like it was yesterday. Yeah, you know the things that are important. Of course, there are other things that change all the time, mm-hmm. but but the things that are really important to them are going to be the same. Yes, and like. I, I predictable enough that I can take care of my family and mm-hmm. I can say, I'll be picking up the kids after school or my husband will, or, you know, uh, mm-hmm. so that you can predict those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. So you can really take care of all your responsibilities. Mm-hmm. That's the important thing about predictability. Yeah. And I appreciate you saying that. Uh, one of the things I, I appreciate where I work is that they gave a very detailed spelled out, uh, job responsibilities report that I had to sign, you know, and, uh, when I changed positions, I got a new report of job responsibilities, very detailed and very clear and appreciate that. And they don't really deviate from that. Obviously emergencies happen, but other than that, yeah, it, it very helps. And my, my hours are set. I mean, I know what days and what hours I'm working. It's the same every week. Uh, yeah, I appreciate that. And I appreciate the fact that if they say, hey, we're short on staff a day, can you come in? We'll pay you more that day. You know, just things like that. So, Yeah. Well, let, let me give you an example around that. That's a bad example. The uh, one company was saying, well, we need you, we need you to work overtime, you know, because we got to, we're just not getting our, our product out. Mm-hmm. Well, I, uh, I can't work over, some persons say I can't work overtime because I have to pick up my kids. Mm-hmm. You know, and I have obligations I have to take care of. Mm-hmm. Well, 
if you don't work overtime, you may not have a job. <laughs> threatening. Yes. Threatening does not uh, get you good workers. Yes. It, it, you know, it's just great. It just spoils the work position. Oh, work definitely. Place. So. Yeah, I called one. I used to live in the Midwest, and it, one day it was 40 below zero with 70 below zero wind chills. Just this rare <laughs> thing called an Alberta clipper that come yeah. out of Canada into the Midwestern United States. And I called, I mean, you know, at that point, you cannot breathe the air outside. Your car is not going to start. The snow is literally concrete, you know, so you... I called and I said, I don't think I can make it into work today. And it was, even the state had declared a state of emergency. Uh, and yet the supervisor says, well, if you want your job, you'll come in. I thought, how am I supposed to pull this off? So I did pull it off, but it was very, very difficult. So, yep, it happens. <laughs> Rather than saying to you, Mike, is there anything we can do to help you make it in? Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah, send a tank <laughs> that's really heated and yeah. get me in. Yeah. Now, uh, we were talking about job responsibilities and these unspoken job responsibilities. I know with some jobs I've had uh, in the past, it's frustrating to think you've gotten everything done and then a supervisor gets on you for not accomplishing something. And it's almost like it came out of the blue. Like, where did that come from? Uh, are workers being sabotaged by having these unspoken responsibilities placed on them? That certainly would be sabotage. Yeah. yeah. If you don't know it, you can't. You probably can't do it, or you won't do it. Yeah. You know. So yeah, that's un, that's undermining the worker and blindsiding them. That that's just that's just destructive. Yeah. And how are companies doing with making expectations clear? Well. You know, some are some are okay with that. Like you mentioned, your company having a job description for, for your job, and some are not. And some, are, you know, let's face it, some managers are disorganized, and some are not. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and the disorganized ones are the ones who probably come down and say, "Oh, you didn't do that. You didn't do that because right. they didn't make it clear," mm -hmm. and they're blaming you for their error. Mm -hmm. You know, that's another way to discourage people. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I'm a department manager where I work, and some of the other managers laugh at me because I carry a tablet, eight and a half by eleven tablet, around with me all day. Uh, and yeah, constantly have people coming up, hey, can you do this? Need that done? Whatever. And I tell them, I was like, well, I carry this tablet around because I never forget anything anybody tells me. Because guess what? When somebody says we need this, I'm writing it down immediately. <laughs> And you constantly review it. Yeah, whatever it takes. Yep. Remember, because I know I've had managers above me. I've asked them for very important things, and they just blank out on it. And then it creates chaos. Yep. So. Well, you're a good employee. Yeah. <laughs> you got to. <laughs> You got to be that or, you know, I will for surely forget if I don't sure. write it down. Uh, now, let's say in a perfect uh, workplace, a place that's really what we would call a just workplace. What does it look like if somebody has a problem that needs resolved? How does that get done? Well, typically, there if um, if you have a union, for example, you would have a shop steward mm -hmm. you would talk to. Say, well, right. what, are, what are my rights here? Is a, uh, and uh, because I'm a member of the union. Mm -hmm. 
And the shop steward would negotiate with the manager for some resolution. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you don't have that, then you're on your own. You know, mm-hmm. if you got a, a, a manager who will listen and who will talk to you and is uh, open and able to deal with that, mm-hmm. you, could, you might come out okay. Or if you don't have that, you might not come out okay. Mm-hmm. But the issue for me is that that the worker who's, a, I would call him a solo worker, who has no union, doesn't have much power. You're just vulnerable mm-hmm. to whatever the manager or the business wants. And that vulnerability is not a good way to be working, to feel that vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that that you know underlying that issue is always the issue of power. Mm-hmm. Do you have any power? If you can't get, you'd probably, it's difficult to get a resolution if you have no power. Yes. Yeah. So true. Ah, oh, that we had workplaces like that 100% of the time, right? <laughs> uh, well, and you know, I think that it, as in the good companies I work for, you are motivated to do a good job. Yep. Yep, for sure. Now, you're a priest, and the listeners are going to get to hear my confession. <laughs> I know confession is supposed to be a private thing, but I'll, I'll do a public confession. Because I want to talk about breaks. Uh, whether it's a 10 or 15 minute break, lunch break, or so on. Uh, my confession is this, because I have certain deadlines, I have to get orders and stuff. Sometimes I miss my breaks of my own volition. Not, you know, the company uh, is very um, um, strict at giving proper breaks but like the 10 minute breaks i'll just work through it just because like i will miss my deadline that's my volunteer but uh, i want to ask about uh companies that don't give breaks does that happen well it it has but it shouldn't uh-huh. i think there's a state law about breaks isn't there? there is and i was yeah. kind of curious do companies typically yeah. follow it um, some do, mm-hmm. most do, I think, mm-hmm. but some slide through it. Yeah. Know? And if, depending how desperately people need their jobs, yeah. you know, they will live with it or not, but they will complain about it. I'll tell you that. Yes, for sure. Well, I want to talk about something, uh, that is kind of a concern to me is it feels we're moving into what's called a gig economy where you do things like DoorDash uh, Uber, things like this, uh, people are beginning to work more and more of these gig jobs. How do breaks work in that kind of economy? Boy, that's a good question. I'm not sure. Cause I don't know that much about them. Yeah. But, uh, what I, what I heard the other day was kind of disturbing and that's like, uh, like a, one of these driving companies mm-hmm. where had a lot of drivers at the beginning and they were doing pretty well. Mm-hmm. And then the company started to catch hold. They started to uh, get mm-hmm. some some uh, money, and they they went public. And then they started to cut back on their workers' income. Yeah, I I've experienced that because I worked for a while for one of the major uh, food delivery uh, companies. Won't name them, but the yeah. yeah. After a while, I'm just like, this isn't making me any money. The gas I'm using and 
wear and tear on the car is is the wages no longer keeping outpacing i thought they're publicly traded now you know so surely they've got the the money flow <laughs> it's interesting to me that companies worried about people working at home during mm-hmm. the pandemic and that they would be cheating on their time and what the surveys did found was that people worked more when they were at home oh wow than they did at, at at the job, mm-hmm. longer hours, right. and put in more time for that. So that's you know I think that most people are pretty good. Now, most people aren't yeah. out there to cheat, right? And, and so we uh, we need to just start with from that point of view, and yes. start with that and 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 work and in the gig economy. I'm not sure it respects people yeah. as very much. I think that. They have a model that they're going to make money with, and people are just, well, they come and go. Right. They, they don't even have much contact with them. Yeah. And so they don't know who the workers are in a way. Oh, no. It's all yeah. based on algorithms and yeah. smartphones. Yep, yep. So. that's right. All right. Well, is there anything you'd like to add before we close up this episode? Already? Already. <laughs> I know. The time goes fast. When sure you does. Do this. It's fun. Well, I just, I think that... Um, Again, I'm going to say something I said last time, and that's respect for work and workers. Mm-hmm. I think we don't have enough respect for workers in this country. Yes. you know, And I think that that's something that we should really value mm-hmm. because everybody everybody is trying to, to do their best, I think. The other thing is that that we don't pay much attention to in terms of power is the relationship between workers and companies that the workers make the money. Mm-hmm. You know, they're the ones who really make the money. Mm-hmm. And that is not often seen as a valid consideration. Yes. And we ought to pay a lot of attention to the workers because of that. Yeah, and I've often said that the worker on the assembly line, if you don't have them, there's no product to sell. That's right. <laughs> it's plain and simple. Well, Father, thank you for joining us. Well, thank you uh, for having me. Yeah, Father Jack Mossbrooker, every time I talk to you, whether it's uh, just over lunch or doing a podcast, I'm always inspired. Well, that's it for this episode. We've got two more to go. We'll be talking about wages, scheduling, and family life in detail in the next episode. But as I've often said uh, in these podcasts, that the people that are suffering injustice, they're real people real humans with real emotions, real dreams, and they have families to take care of, people they love, just like us. And it behooves us to do what it takes to ensure that everyone in society has that opportunity to thrive and have a good life. So thank you for joining us again today. And I encourage you to look around in your neighborhood and look at the workplaces in your neighborhood and observe if there needs to be a stand for justice. And if there is, I encourage you to email us and take the steps you need to take to create a just society right where you live. You've been listening to Common Sense on Social Justice with your host, Michael Davis. A common sense and fresh perspective to creating justice where you are. Share your comments and questions with Michael by emailing sjcommonsense at gmail.com. That's sjcommonsense at gmail.com.
If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through matradayradio.com or the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.